Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? You're blessed. You're ready to receive. Well, I love this season because it, I think people's heart becomes lighter during this season. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's because it gets colder. Uh, well, somewhat cold here in Southeast Georgia. I don't know that maybe a little chillier, but I think it's more because as we did our last series, I think people begin to focus more on giving than receiving. And I think very much so that I, and I said it during that series that really Jesus said it's more blessed than to give. And I believe hearts are more warm and that when you meet needs of other people, yours begin to get met and you begin to have an have a, a understanding and having an impact in other people's lives. Um, I do want to make just one more thing available to you. And that's, um, so this Wednesday, everybody say Wednesday. We're going into the jail. We're going in and hopefully they're going to let you out. That's up to you. If you act right and you do what you're supposed to, they'll let you out. But if you act crazy, they may just shut the door. Ka-chink, you know, that's on you. But there's still a sign up. Uh, Mr. Leland Ring is heading that up for us. And the one thing we want to make sure we go in with, and I'm just telling you as somebody that may or may not have spent a Christmas in uh, <clears throat> being detained by the Jacksonville Correctional Institute, um, that having cookies at Christmas that, that mama or daddy or nobody brought you, just the thought that somebody else thought about you that wasn't your own family makes a major difference in somebody else's life. Jesus said in Matthew 25, we're supposed to, to feed the hungry, clothe those who are naked, to, to literally visit the sick and those in prison. And he said it this way, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so I want you to help us. Maybe you don't feel comfortable. I know some people don't feel comfortable getting up and sharing in front of other people. Praise God. We've got a number of people that are doing that. It's still not too late. Like I'm the only one going in my pod. You're welcome to come hang out with me. And I'd love for you to go with me and I'll show you what it is. So next and on Mother's Day, you can go lead one. You could actually come and say, hey, so mine's not just come watch. Mine's come watch, learn, listen, and then do. And so if you've never done that, you actually go in the pod where the, where the inmates are, where the people are. I don't like to call them inmates. They're, they're being served, but they're people just like you and me that have made poor decisions. And I know none of y'all ever did made poor decisions, but, but for those of us that have, uh, it gives you a thing. Now, one way you can reach out is through these cookies. We have a number of them in there, but I'm going to tell you, how bad would it be if they got 13 instead of 12 in a dozen, you know? Like, we got so many cookies, we had to give them 13 instead of 12. I think that would be a tremendous problem to have. Uh, like, oh, wow, I'm sorry, we got to give you a little extra. Um, and so it's still not too late to either bake or buy those who have baked because I'm a firm believer, you know, there are those who are anointed with the spoon and flour and sugar and know how to mix that stuff up right. And those that don't, and if it's not you, if you don't have that gift, you got the gift of, of hey, I'll go to Sam's and get a big thing or wherever you go to get them, take your pick, go do that. I'd love 
for you to participate in that way and know that everything that is said and done and everything that's accomplished this week as well as next week, so it's not just one, we get to affect all, we get to have an impact on the people right down the street and then through the efforts of Miss Thelma Moran who's in the, um, in the McIntosh County Jail. The next week we have about 100 dozen we're gonna give to those there so you get to really make a difference in somebody's lives. And I wish you could be there when you, when you see their faces, when they get these cookies and they, you pull them out and say, hey, we got, we got cookies. <laughs> I believe the scripture says, I've tasted the Lord and he is good. That's a tangible way for them to taste of the Lord and see that he's good. And so I encourage you, if you, you can bake or buy them, bring those in. Uh, we'll be packing them on Tuesday, and you can even come help be a part of that if you'd like to. So I want y'all to be aware of that. Amen. I want, I, it's my heart. I just know how, what a blessing it is to bless, and I know our church is, uh, has done that since our founding pastor, Bill Ligon, he taught blessing, and it's, it's in our DNA, and I encourage you to, to keep that up. So... As we continue on this journey towards this special day we have coming up, it's amazing, and I was thinking about it the other day. You know, for every other holiday, major holiday that we celebrate worldwide, so we have um, New Year's, which is a worldwide holiday. Everybody celebrates New Year's. Uh, Easter, everybody celebrates Easter or Resurrection Day. Uh, Everybody celebrates Christmas in some form or fashion around the world. Now, Thanksgiving is an American holiday, but on all of the other uh, two, three, if you count Thanksgiving, we always say happy. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) For our Jewish friends, it's happy Hanukkah. And for happy Thanksgiving and happy Easter or happy, you know, it's happy. But for Christmas, what's the word we use? Merry. Hold it. We don't say happy Christmas. <laughs> Doesn't that sound odd in your ears when you say happy Christmas? You're like, <laughs> in England. So if we say Merry, just the connotation of being Merry being like celebrating this thing of, of Merry Christmas. It brings out something different in that thing. And in the season, it kind of sparks that. It sparks this festive and this festivity and parties and this feeling of bliss. And we kind of lean into that. But we also, in the midst of that, we have to re- recognize and realize that We still have issues in our lives that continue, even in the midst of all the merriment. We still have things that that we have to walk in and walk through. And I I think of some of the precious people in this church during this time, like we just celebrated the precious life of, of, of one of our dear mothers in the face, Dr. Louise Galloway. We had her homegoing celebration and some of you were there and spoke and I think of her precious family the first Christmas they're they're going to have to go through this time of celebration and merriment that oh this dear precious lady at 102 and I'll just say it was a celebration of life everybody that that knew her it was quite a woman that loved God but we have to lean into those that are are battling things such as that some that are battling illness uh, that are that, that the illnesses that try to suck the joy of the season right out of us. And then also, you know, I think of worldwide where we have people, uh, think of Israel right now, what they're walking in and what they're walking through right now. 
that, uh, where people are literally trying to take their lives. I think of the people in Ukraine that right now, as we walk through this season and we're celebrating Jesus and we're saying, yeah, they're saying Jesus, it's a different cry. Uh, even the people in Russia, I think of the people that are going through it because when I think of Russia, everybody thinks Russia bad, but there are believers there. We know through one of our missionaries, Natasha, that there are be believers that love Jesus that don't agree with all with what's going on, that are definitely saying, hey, they want to bring Jesus to them as well, to, the, to those situations. I think as we, uh, if we're not careful, um, we, can get, we can get callous to the fact that there are people that are going through things that we aren't. And I, now I don't want us to lean in like, oh no, I can't enjoy this season because of that. I think in spite of that, the author of life himself, God has intended this season to be a celebration himself. And we're gonna see that in a moment as we look through the scriptures. I think, so many refer to this season in the Christian faith as Advent. I know Pastor Mark Anthony did a great job of that last week describing that, this word Advent meaning arrival, the arrival of Jesus, the arrival of something very special showing up. And we're celebrating what happened 2,000 years ago, but guess what? He's coming back. <laughs> so as we look at this Advent season, and, and, and last week Pastor Mark Anthony did a great job at looking at this word called hope and uh, tried to challenge us as to not, not what is hope, but where is your hope? Or what are you hoping in? Where's your hope found in? Um, by the way, I was watching online. I had, he, had, he had mentioned I got to do a wedding for, for um, one of our former pastors, Rick Postel, his son, Sam. I got to do that in Tennessee. And I drove back through the night and got back at 4.15 in the morning. And I thought, you know, I could come sit here. <laughs> But y'all might think the pastor's slacking off. I said, they're nah. <laughs> y'all might just go, hold it. Pastor's slacking on us here. So I just decided to watch online and I thought, man, what a great job that guy does, man. I'm, I might just be partial, but uh, man, he, he just brings things to life and I just celebrate all that, that he did there. And today we're going to continue on this journey, looking at arrival. And as this day approaches, we looked at hope. Today, we're going to look at this word called peace. Everybody say peace. That is a word that sometimes can be so fleeting. It's something that God wants us to have in abundance, but many times it evades us or it seems to, it seems to slip away from us. Like one moment we can be enjoying life and then in the next instant our peace can be robbed from us. Whether through a diagnosis or whether through an email or a text or through a phone call or through something that happens in our lives, it, it seems to have been snatched away. And I, this morning, I want us to look at not just peace. I want us to look at heavenly peace. Heavenly peace, not just peace, but heavenly peace, because I believe that's what has been afforded to us through our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to open up on looking at the scriptures at Luke, in Luke chapter 2, um, verse 8 through 14, and I thought it would be really neat to read that, but what I thought this morning would be even more fun, it would be to, uh, to let these little characters that we call the peanuts, um, 
Mr. Schultz, who fought to have this on national TV, I thought, let's let Linus um, tell us. He's going to read these verses for us. Y'all look at the screens right here, and they're going to let that. Let us. Everything let us I learn. do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There you have, right there, Linus did a great job reading for us. That's right, Luke 2. Thank you, Charles Schultz, who said, I'm going to make this. It's going to go to Nash. Y'all have no idea what he had to go through to fight just to get that on national TV. It's amazing that in America that he had to fight to make that. And I'm so glad he did. And I'm so glad we get to, this animation gets to do that. And I, I think, as I think about the story and I think about all that takes place, I think that the angels coming to a group of shepherds to give the greatest news at that point in human history when it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. There was a heavenly message that God wanted to give to mankind and he chose angels to do it and he told shepherds to be the one to receive it. Now think how cool is that because shepherds, I would have thought, hey, let's go to the top brass. Let's go to the, let's go to the Roman Empire and go, go, hey, let the angels, you know, sing to them and let them see that. Or I thought, hey, let's go to the Jewish leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of the Jews. But no, he chose the low caste shepherds. Not low because thing, but shepherd, I mean, shepherding was a, a, a very powerful thing to do back then. If you think about it, shepherds, um, they were the ones that were kind of lonely. They sat out in the, watched their flocks at night and day. And it was really sometimes more the younger ones that did that. It was younger people that kept the flocks. It was younger people that did the shepherd. Matter of fact, you think of David. He was a shepherd that became a king. But as a shepherd, as a teenager, he wasn't even invited to the party to see who was going to be the next king of Israel. Like he didn't even get a second nod. It wasn't until, until Samuel said, is that all your sons? Is that everybody? And he goes, ah, well, I got this one. <laughs> He's out keeping the sheep, but I mean, what's he? And that was the very one God said, that, that's him. This lowly shepherd. Like he didn't even get a, he didn't even get a nod, didn't even get a thought totally forgotten when, it, when he was thinking of a king to anoint him. And when you think about the shepherds and think about how committed they were to the most vulnerable animals who, who carried great worth to people in that day and in this day as well. Think about sheep. You don't ever see 
these, these, you know, when you think of power and boldness and everything, you don't say, hey, we're going to, you know, I think of, 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 of team mascots. <laughs> Could you imagine we're the Georgia sheep? <laughs> Whoa, strike terror on you. <laughs> be one of these like, man, we got you. We're going to get you. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. No matter where you go, you don't see it. The sheep did not make it anywhere. And so when you think about it, these are docile. These are things. And, and really, they're not the brightest thing. They're not the brightest animal. Matter of fact, the shepherds had to be very careful because if they'd have to make sure they find the greenest grass, because if not, they'd go eat something, it'd mess them up, and they'd have to go get them dig. Or they would go by these waters, they'd have to make sure they were still. That's why Psalms 23 is so powerful. He leads us beside, like, like the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters so that it doesn't consume me, it doesn't take me over. And so when you think about the angels coming to the shepherds and announcing peace, this whole thing of peace on earth. And I think about, man, how in this world in which we're living right now, it seems to be such a, 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 a much needed virtue, but yet it seems to be very absent at times in our world. And I think of, of how Jesus... Uh, in Isaiah 9, 6, when it prophesies, when the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about the king being born, in Isaiah 9, 6, he says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Like he... He's not just, hey, peace. He's the prince of it. He embodies it. He brings it. And when we think of peace, there's two words I want you to remember this morning. The first one, which uh, Maurice has shared with me this morning, he said, y'all, shalom. He said, shalom. And that's a greeting that Jewish people still today, they, when they greet somebody, when they greet and when they leave, it goes both ways. It's not just one time, shalom. Like we go and say, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? They say shalom, which is peace to you, over you. And then when you leave, peace to you and over you. And when you think of this word shalom, it's a, it, it, it's a, that's in the, in the Hebrew. And this is what it means. It means completeness soundness, welfare, peace. It embodies all of that. So if I did completeness, it's completeness and, num completeness and number. Safety, soundness, in body, like in your physical body. It also means welfare, health, prosperity, physically, emotionally. And it means peace, quiet, tranquility, commitment. I wonder if there's anybody in here besides me that sometimes finds finds it hard to experience that tranquility, that contentment that God so desperately that he, he used angels to proclaim and, he's, and then he backed it up with his son and said, hey, I want you to have it. Not just do I want to tell you about it, but I want you to have it. And so when we, when we look at the, the, the New Testament, which is written in the Greek, and we look at the Greek, Irene, where it says this, the state of national tranquility. 
exemption from the rage and havoc of war, peace between individuals, harmony, concord, safety, security, prosperity, felicity. It's all of these things that God said, I don't, I don't want to just tell you about it. I want you to experience it. And he wants us to experience it through his son. And so I've, I've just got three things this morning real quickly. I want us to tell you, I want you to get about this thing we call heavenly peace. And the first is this, God wants us to have this peace with him or peace with God. That's the first thing that God wants everybody on this planet to experience, bar none. And let me just say, it's the one thing that most people struggle with the most is peace with God. And I would like to say this as I was praying through it some again this week and I said, it really, I could say peace with God, but I could also put peace in God. Because the word peace, it means this thing. When we talk about completeness, we talk about wholeness, we talk about soundness. The, the birth of Jesus was God saying, I've come to complete what I started with mankind. Just as man, we broke the peace with God. God didn't do anything, but God said, hey, I'm not th- done. I'm still interested in connecting, finishing this connection and fulfilling this connection with you and with me and with us and mankind with him to have this complete unity, this, this building, this trust, this restoration, this, and it all happens through this day that we celebrate that we call Christmas or that we call the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the angel's announcement of peace on earth at Jesus' birth was realized through Christ's death and resurrection. Christ restores within us and restores to us the completeness and wholeness that God has always wanted. You know, I think of Romans, in, the, the, in Romans, the letter that Paul wrote to the Romans, and as I thought about that in Romans 5, we're gonna turn there in just a minute, but I thought, how amazing that God used a man that was completely hostile towards him and the people of Israel. Like he, he, they were his own and he's attacking and wanting to persecute and to kill Christians that believed in Jesus. And here this man is the one God used to write to the church at Rome. In Romans, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 it says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God. Everybody say we have peace with God. Because of what? Because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. We have peace with God, not because of what I've done. Matter of fact, the things that I've done, it, it destroys that peace. But God says through what Jesus has done, we have peace with him. He's done, he's, he's done everything he can to build this completeness, to build this union with us. And it goes on to say, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Undeserved privilege. Let me say it one more time. Undeserved privilege. Let me say that none of us, not one of us, deserve this peace. If anything, we've done everything to destroy it. And God says, man, I just love you this much. I'm willing to go to the extremes 
to make sure that you get this. Matter of fact, he goes on, because of our faith, Christ has brought us in this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Like it's not a hope so salvation, it's a no so salvation. It's not a hope so peace, it's a no so. And so um, I, the, I want to look at real quick the, the whole thing of salvation and looking at in Nere, it says this the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. In other words, this peace that God gives us, this, this assurance that he gives us, this shalom, what it does is it gives us the, the understanding that by trusting him, we get something we don't deserve instead of getting what we do deserve. And so I think of, of Romans 5 a little bit later in that chapter, verses 8 through 11, it goes on to say, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us when? While we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, y'all, I gotta, I gotta, we're in church because in church we try to display how good we are. Let's be honest. <laughs> like you try to get your kids under control, everything like, hey, everything gotta get, gotta dress nice, everything. Okay, we're all good. Woo, good. <laughs> you look, it's good. <laughs> but the truth is church is never a place for us to come and display our goodness. <laughs> It's amazing. Y'all, I've done this a long time. And people think when they walk through the door, good. <laughs> they walk out the door, not so good. <laughs> and we got to be careful that we don't base our relationship with God. Good, not so good. <laughs> Church, y'all, this is where we come experience his goodness with him and each other. And then we go and share that with the people that need it most, the people that aren't here, the people that aren't us. We come experience his goodness so then we can go share that with others who really need that. Who We need it as well, don't get me wrong. But he goes on, while we were still sinners, he did this. It goes on to say, and since we haven't been made right in God's sight, by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Jesus made us no longer enemies he made us friends with God. We sing a song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend. It's true. Because of Jesus, you and I, we get to be, not just, we get to be friends with him. Hey, how is that for status? I mean, I know people, they get to meet somebody famous like, oh, look at us. Woo, look, famous. I'm like, I'm a friend of God. What better is that? Who's, who's got something on that? Friend of God, y'all right here. Friend of God, what? Next? <laughs> created the universe, created everything, created me. Friend. 
We carry that status. We get to have that because of what Jesus has done. I love what Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, it says this. The same writer put this. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. And like I said last week, Pastor Mark Anthony, good job with hope. This week, peace. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Can I challenge you this morning? Those in this house and those watching online, can we for once and for all say it's not about what I've done? It's all about what Jesus has done. Jesus took on human form. We are celebrating Emmanuel, God with us, taking on our form, our nature. He who was nothing like us became just like us. So we could in turn become like him. We could be his friends. We could connect with him. So the first one is, is I want us to, to, to grasp is to have peace with God or peace in God. The second one is, and this is probably the biggest challenge, is peace, peace within. Within myself or peace within. So I can have peace with God and if, and if it's done well and if we're, we're living accordingly and we're understanding and we're experiencing, it should, it should result in peace within, our, within us, within ourselves. And I, know what, I love what Jesus said at the Last Supper. He was talking to his disciples. And look what he says in, verse four, uh, in chapter 14, verse 27. He said, I am leaving you with a gift. Everybody say a gift. Christmas is all about gifts. Let's be honest. I know we like to give, and right now many people, some of you are incredible people, and I know I, I talk to y'all, and I just can't even relate, but some of y'all have been buying gifts all along, and like, you already got your shopping done. It's all, you had it done like two months ago, and it, you had everybody's gift, and it's probably already wrapped in a closet somewhere. Like, I still believe 100% that I still have many more days. Like, I still got 14 more days to pick out gifts. You know what I'm saying? I really got 13 because the 14th, I'm going to be jumping in. I got, I, that's a Sunday. I can't do it this time. So, like, I got to get early. So, I'm going to go Sunday, you know, the 23rd or Saturday. So, anyhow, but, but you've, you've planned so well and you get this. I love it because Jesus said plan well before we showed up on this planet, this gift he has for us. And he tells his disciples, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. The inside where nobody gets to see. So I know in Christendom and knowing my own life, there's many times people put a smile here. How's everything? Great. How's it going? Great. Wonderful. Terrific. Inside, it might be turmoil. It might be everything going and breaking loose and busting out like, wah! How's it going? Great. <laughs> Jesus says he wants us to get He said, I give you peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. 
Listen, when Jesus said, don't be troubled or afraid, he was acknowledging that there are times that very much we can be troubled and afraid. He was leaning into the human experience that says, hey, if you tell somebody, don't be, that means there's a potential to be. And what he was saying is, is that when you're going through things, you know, be careful. You know, I, I looked on the internet and I looked up um, just self-help. If you go Google self-help, there's like 2 billion hits. <laughs> Billion, not I mean, billion, like help, 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 help me with, you know, when we look at things, you know, help uh, people have stress and turmoil over kind of thing, past failures, unfulfilled expectations, de uh, declining relationships over financial problems, over everything from our careers um, to boredom, to sexuality, to flabby thighs, to, 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 to all types of things. There's help. And so if we're not careful, we live in this overt, anxious world that just tells us. And I, I, I read this joke a while back, and it, it talks about a doctor who examined his patient and concluded that nothing physical was wrong with him. He said, you probably have some business or social problem that you should talk over with a good counselor. He said, I dealt, with a case very sim I dealt with a case very similar to yours only a few weeks ago. He said, this patient of mine had a $5,000 debt that he could not pay. And because of his financial problem, he had worried himself into a state of nervous exhaustion. Now, I know none of you have ever done that. Nobody have ever looked at your bank account and looked at your bills and went, ah! <laughs> Hello. Reality check. So he says that. He goes, whoa, watch out. He said, because if I, he, he, nervous exhaustion. And the, the patient, did, did you cure him? Asked the patient. Yes, said the doctor. I told him just to stop worrying that life is too short to make himself sick over a silly little scrap of paper. Now he's back to normal. He stopped worrying. I know, said the patient. I'm the one he owes the $5,000 to, and that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> it's like, thanks, you cured one. And so what do I do now? He owes me that 5000 And so it doesn't work. So when you think about it, you got to ask yourself, um, are you like me? Do you need to be reminded that Jesus came to bring peace? And it's in the midst of turmoil it's in the midst of strife. It's in the midst of moments that seem the worst that he wants to show himself the best, the brightest, the prince of peace. He wants to bring that to us. And I know that, um, I know that, that many of us have struggled in that area. I know when we go through problems, you think about your problems and they continue and they're very real, by the way. I'm not saying, you know, just completely ignore stuff. I'm, you know, not living that whole thing of denial. But I want to, I think of this, I think of one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is the fruit of peace. And it says we stay in relationship with him that, uh, that we do this. I think many times, according to Isaiah 26, 3, it says this, you will keep in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
He'll keep you in perfect peace if, you're, if your mind stays fixed, if it stays focused. And so I think many times we have a 45-degree problem is what we have. It's 45 degrees. So think about it this way. Most of our life we spend looking horizontal, like looking at everything, looking at my bank account, looking at my problems, looking at my situation, and they're real. They're real. I mean, look. When your bills are, are, are greater than your bank account, that is a real ah! moment. When the doctor gives you a diagnosis that is completely beyond your ability to understand grasp, it, it's moments. But I believe if we just do this 45 degree, I think if we'll take a moment Instead of always focusing on our problem, focusing on the situation, take a moment and look up and spend more time gazing at him, spending time with him, allowing him, even in the midst of some of the darkest moments, looking up instead of simply looking out. I believe that things begin to change. He's begin to speak things. He can begin to, 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 to cause things to happen. I, I believe this, peace cannot be obtained without trust. Peace cannot be obtained without trust. And that's true in the natural, like peace and relationships. It can't be built without trust. Amen? Amen. If you can't trust, there's not peace. And so peace has to do that same thing with God. I had somebody that many people have said to me, how do you... Pastor Mark, just by looking up, what's that going to do? I said, well, it'll get you to at least get your mind off your problems for that moment. They, they've asked me that many times, you know, how can that replace, how, how, does, how does God just do, it erases that worry. And I'm like, so I'll say it this way, according to Philippians, that it's, it's not my ability to understand how he does it. It's my ability to just trust and keep looking towards him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says it best. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience. Everybody say then. By worrying and by stressing and by acknowledging all that, they're there. But by instead of praying and making our requests and beginning to thank God for what he's already done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Heavenly peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And the third and final place that I believe that God wants us to have peace. He wants us to have peace with himself or within him. He wants us to have peace within us, but he also wants us to have peace with others. And that's where it gets difficult. Let's be honest. You can be having a very peaceful day and somebody can come in and interrupt that in just a moment. Like, just like that. Peace just, it it goes. And they'll come and say a few things or they'll come and stir something up. And next thing you know, oh my goodness, he wants us to have peace with our neighbors. Matter of fact, Romans 12, 18 says it this way. If it is possible, if it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In other words, 
He's not saying you're going to get to live at peace with everybody. Go ahead and settle that. There's some people you will not be able to make peace with. Go ahead and settle it. Because they have a choice too. So, but as much as my part, what depends on me, what I'm doing, I like to put it this way. Am I a peacetaker or am I a peacemaker? Am I a peacetaker or am I a peacemaker? Who's the one doing it? What am I doing? Am I help bringing peace or am I robbing people of peace? And this is what Jesus came to bring is this peace, not only, not only with God, not only within ourselves, but also with each other. Matter of fact, Psalms, David wrote Psalms 34, 14, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. How I many you know peace takes time? It takes work. I have a part to play in peace. I have an action to take in peace. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2, going back to, to what Paul told the church at first, Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the, host, the wall of hostility that separated us. So now that we are open, like everybody, this is what our, our world is living in right now. We live in racial hostility. We live in country hostility. We live in, 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 in every type of, of, of distance from each other. And instead of using the cross and using the peace God's given us to share that with others, many times we take it and instead of allowing God to use us, to be the ones to, to bridge that gap. We stand further in it and cause a greater divide. And I just want us this morning to think about this. I want us to take a moment and think about, am I a peacetaker? Am I a peacemaker? Do I have peace with God? First of all, this morning, do you have peace knowing that no matter what happens on this planet, those in the house, those watching online, that you are at perfect peace, that no matter what happens, you're going to be welcomed in. Like you get in. <laughs> you get to get, it's good. You're not going to go in there like, oh, uh, you go, whoa, here I am, Lord. I showed up because of what Jesus did. If you don't have that sense of excitement, today would be a great day to experience that eternal, that, that unifying, that God-ordained peace that comes from knowing Jesus. To have the peace that knows no matter what happened. It's all what Jesus did. I'm all in in what he did. I'm also all in what I've done. <laughs> I acknowledge, I recognize, I've blown it, I've messed it up. But I recognize that this season, peace on earth, good toward, goodwill towards men. The Prince of Peace has showed up and he has bridged the gap. He's broken. He's brought into complete wholeness. The, the relationship between God and man, I'm now his friend. And if you can't say you're a friend of God, this would be a great morning to let me introduce you. This would be a great morning to make him your best friend. Yes, he is Lord. Yes, he is king. Yes, he is savior. Yes, he is both judge and jury. But those that know him, you know, the judgment we're going to experience, not the judgment. We're not going before the, 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 the judgment of eternal life, like, hey, what, what, what did you do to get in? It's like, no, we'll be judged on our works. We'll be judged on what we've done for him. 
And so maybe one, you don't have that peace. Secondly, maybe you're here this morning and you've been battling for peace within. Like I said, there might be a big smile here, but inside, man, there is turmoil. There's a storm raging. How many know he still calms storms? He's still able to calm stormy seas. He's still able to calm storms in us. And he comes to do that in a powerful way. And, or maybe, maybe this morning you've got somebody that has taken up way too much time in your head and way too much time in your heart that you've allowed them to rob you of the very peace that Jesus not only pronounced, but he procured for us. Today would be a wonderful day to experience any one of those three. I want you to bow your heads with me real quick. This heavenly peace, it's not simply a wishful thought. It's not simply just thinking maybe, maybe this could happen. This is a reality that God gives us. This is a reality that Jesus lived when he's sitting on a cross, beaten beyond recognition, had the peace of God, the Prince of Peace was able to look at the ones that had just beat him beyond recognition and said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. This morning, I want us to do a little bit of soul searching, sensing. I want the Holy Spirit, I, I know the Holy Spirit wants to do this. He wants to, to allow the peace of God, this shalom, this irene, this, 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 this supernatural, God-ordained, God-initiated, God-established peace to rule and reign in your heart and in your life, in my heart and in my life. And if in any one of these areas, your peace with God, peace within or peace with others. If that's at odds, I'm gonna open the altars as, as Sam leads us and the, the worship team leads us. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to that word this morning. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna coach you. I'm just gonna open the altar. And this will be between you and God. And if you want prayer, just raise your hand when you get down there and there'll be people to come alongside of you to pray with you and pray for you. But at this moment, as you take this moment to evaluate I'm going to let them lead us, and, and we're going to take just a moment. We're doing the 45 degree right now. We're looking up. Jesus, what's going on? How can we help? Come, Lord.